Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the thepetecallendershow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Final hour of the program, but remember I stick around for the hangover with Brett Winterbull at 3. You should always stick around for your hangover with Brett Winterbull at 3. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. The email is show at WBT.com because of the laptop problems. <laughs> so we've got the, we got the, uh, the email address fix going there. Uh, and the Twitter handle is at Pete Callender. All right, so let me reset this. Um, Paige Mastin is the opinion writer and opinion writer, I should say, for the McClatchy newspapers in North Carolina. She still has a job. They fired the cartoonist, Kevin Sires, Pulitzer Prize winner, along with uh, like two other Pulitzer Prize winning cartoonists around the country, blew them all out, fired them. Um, one was the Sacramento Bee. And then there was another another person, but I, I don't know. But yeah, so McClatchy got rid of the the political cartoonists, which I don't know, maybe we'll start seeing what's his name? Uh, that that guy Dennis Drawn, or I think is his name, the guy who got in all the trouble for drawing Mark Robinson as a Klansman for WRAL. So WRAL, a TV station, they still have a political cartoonist, but the newspaper does not. <laughs> which I guess makes sense somehow. Um, so North Carolina Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson. I played the other day the audio clip that was uh, that the lefties were spreading around, and it was just this uh, this selectively edited clip. He was speaking at the Moms for Liberty conference that occurred a couple of days ago up in Virginia, and he said in this clip that was selectively edited by leftists, he says, "Here's the thing: whether you're talking about Adolf Hitler." Whether you're talking about Chairman Mao, whether you're talking about Stalin, or whether you're talking about a dozen other despots all around the globe, it is time for us to get back and start reading some of those quotes. What was he talking about? He's talking about a quote that was used in a newsletter by a chapter of the Moms for Liberty group. And they had put this quote on the front of their newsletter and... It says, uh, you know, something like if you uh, you get the kids, uh, 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 then you can own them, right? You own the youth. And, and then it says Adolf Hitler. And to the left, when they see this, the leftists say, oh, my gosh, look at that. They've, they're praising Hitler because they see a quote from Hitler and think conservatives are praising Hitler when they quote Hitler. And this, I think, speaks to a fundamental misunderstanding and I think it is rooted in this, uh, this belief in moral superiority, that the left believes they hate Hitler, they hate Stalin, and so therefore their political opponents must love them. That's the only thing I can figure out. This is the only, like, honestly, because I, I, I don't understand where this mindset comes from 
that simply putting the quote from Hitler on the newsletter is indicative of praise and not a warning. When everybody who knows anything about political discussions on the right, all you need to do is say, you know, even Hitler believed blah, 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 or Hitler said or Stalin said, and it's automatically understood that this is a warning. This is not praise. This is something to be avoided. And so, hey, Hitler said this stuff. This is how he did it. Let's not do that. But the left, for some reason, believes that when quoting Hitler, it means we're praising him. And the irony is that the actions of the left more closely resemble the actions of these statists. That's what they are. Statists. Right? They believe in the power of the government to make you do stuff. That which is not required is prohibited. So Paige Mastin, who calls Mark Robinson a culture warrior, and as I pointed out, she is literally paid to be a culture warrior. Her, her, her job title is opinion writer. Like what, so what do you do? You write your opinions. To what purpose? To influence the culture. To influence other people's opinions, right? That's your job. But for some reason, she labels Mark Robinson as the ardent culture warrior. Um, And she, to her credit, I will say, she notes that the way the left selectively edited that clip was wrong. Because what he says before and after the clip, it is clearly him describing Hitler's comments as a warning. And we should be reading these these quotes and teaching these quotes and teaching what these men said as a warning. Let's not do this again. This is how they seized power. This is how they convinced people, right? That's a warning. But then, of course, she spent, let me see here. She says, uh, one, two, three. So three paragraphs she has and it's basically one, two, three, four, five sentences, six sentences. So three paragraphs, six sentences, where she's saying, you know, the longer clip shows that, you know, the lefties are missing some important context. Robinson's clearly critical of Hitler and others like him. And then she spends the rest of the entire opinion piece ripping into Robinson. <laughs> But she's not a culture warrior here, you know? Um, She says, Robinson is wrong, too. First of all, when did we ever stop teaching about Hitler and other despots? Okay, first off, I know you're a wordsmith, but he did not say that we have stopped teaching about Hitler and other despots. He doesn't say that. He says, maybe we need to go back and reading some of those quotes. Some of the quotes about education, particularly. Vladimir Lenin said, I went over this the other day too, right? Lenin talked about, give me the generation and I'll give you your revolution. All of these statists understood that you take the kids. Chairman Mao did it with the Red Guards, right? He did, you you take your youth, you turn them against your, your elders, the olds, as Mao called them. And you, you, you mold their young skulls of mush, right? Education, shall we say, or indoctrination, if you prefer. 
But she switches what he's talking about. She switches this argument here. He's saying maybe we should be telling people about these specific quotes as it pertains to the role of government in educating kids and what happens when bad people take over those mechanisms and why they do so. She goes on to say, I learned about World War II and the Holocaust in many history classes, and those lessons certainly never painted Hitler or Mussolini as heroes. Again, he didn't say that. He didn't say that Mussolini and Hitler are being portrayed as heroes in K-12 education. He didn't say that. She says, and as Lieutenant Governor Robinson ought to know that education on the Holocaust and genocide is required by state statute and federal law has provided funding for Holocaust education since 2020. Uh, Again, he didn't say that either. Of course, she goes on to say, of course, Mein Kampf is probably excluded from most reading lists, and that's perfectly fine. Reading it is unnecessary even when teaching students about the horrors of Hitler. Wait a minute, are you saying it's a banned book? I thought y'all were against book bans. She says, while Robinson and his peers insist that children these days are being brainwashed by Marxist ideals, well, I mean, that is critical consciousness, Paige. That's that's literally the critical pedagogy. So, okay. Uh, She says, I was taught to regard communism in a strictly negative light. Were you indoctrinated, would you say? Or were you educated? You were taught to regard communism in a strictly negative light. In fact, the only thing I actually learned about communism was that it was bad, even if I didn't understand what it was. You're kind of making his point here, Paige. You're, you're, you are making his point. You don't know anything about it except it's bad. You don't know why it's bad. You don't know how it turned bad. You don't understand the philosophy behind it. You just were told communism bad. So if somebody were to start implementing communism, you would not even know what it was. You would know it's bad, but you would not even realize it's happening because you don't have any idea what it is. This is what he's talking about. Holy smokes. I take it back. You're not ultra war. You're just kind of laying there on the ground. Just, I don't know. Like in a fetal position, maybe because this is not like, I don't, maybe this counts as persuasive on the left. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm tar- I'm not the target audience, obviously. Wait a minute. Is this a cover? Just a cover. What are the races of the original artist and the artist that's covering it? Because I've just been informed with Luke Combs and Tracy Chapman. Have you seen this? Apparently, that's wrong. Luke Combs. He he recorded a version of her. I got a fast car, right? And now it's problematic because he's white and she's black. I know. I'm not saying it makes sense, Chris. I'm just saying this is now, this is where we are. So now you have to think, wait, okay, wait. Who's the original artist? Who is the, who's the, the, the one doing the cover of it? Are the, are the, are they correctly racialized? And that's the kicker too, because Tracy Chapman's going to make a ton of money, right? Luke Holmes doing a cover of her tune means she's getting a cut of that. So why not just be happy for her? Isn't it a sign of respect when you cover somebody else's song, too? It has another life. Anyway, good Lord. I mean, what about Wagon Wheel here, people? My goodness. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. 704-570-1110. 1-800-WBT-1110. Let's get uh, George on the program. Hello, George. Good afternoon, Pete. How the heck are you? I am doing all right. It's Friday, man. That's half the battle. Yes, it is. 
Hey, I was really amazed by that last article you were reading by Paige, whatever her name was. It never ceases to amaze me how these people don't seem to hear the words coming out of their own mouth. <laughs> right. You know, well, she's talking about, I don't understand. Even if I can't explain what communism is, I know it's bad. Right. Well, that's the same thing they think about the entire Republican Party. I don't know anything about them. I don't know anything about these people, but orange man bad. Right. Uh, that's all I need to know. Bad. What's bad? What's That's good? I don't need to know. I don't need any history. I just need to know everything's bad. Right. She her, her she literally states, and not it's not even that she's just speaking this thing, right? It's not even like, and I give wide latitude if I'm talking with somebody and they say something, and you know, because I do this for a living, and so I know. Look, I, you know, you you say stuff on the air, you say stuff in conversation that it it you you once you say it, you say it. You can't edit it. This is edited. Somebody else looked at this piece and allowed this sentence to go through that says, in fact, the only thing I actually learned about communism was that it was bad, even if I didn't understand what it was. <laughs> Somebody allowed that to get into the paper. Like, that's embarrassing. If it wasn't so scary, it wouldn't be funny. Yeah. Yeah. I, just, I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah. It's, it, it's, I know communism is bad, but how dare Mark Robinson want to tell me why it's bad? And that's, I think, so, how you. So many of your catchphrases, uh, particularly the uh, uncontested ideals, are easy to hold. Yeah, that's it. I, I use that one with people all the time now. Is, you know, well, what do you want to argue about? Well, because you need to understand what you're actually saying. Right. This, it, yeah. It's, it, look, we can all agree communism is bad. But let's talk about why it's bad. And if you don't know why it's bad, I can tell you why it's bad. I got a couple of different examples. Like, number one is the 100 million body, you know, count that the death count that's on communism. Like, that's pretty bad. There's a whole bunch well, of reasons. Number one definition, I use it all the time. Yeah. They're liars. They're liars. Commies lie. So that's it. I mean, and so if you don't know why something is bad, then um, how are you going to know to guard against that thing when you see it, right? So people don't just come out, well, I shouldn't say that. There are some people that are like, yeah, we're communists, but they're very, very few. But with the, when you have their philosophy and ideas that are infiltrating other organizations or political parties or policies, you need to be aware of those things because that's the why, right? That's, that's, that's the why manifesting itself. So, And for me, the most frustrating thing is when I'm having a conversation and say, well, you believe this. No, I don't. Right. Yes, you do. You're a Republican. <laughs> well, no, I'm not that either. There was so a, sit there and tell you what you think and what you believe and what you know, and they're totally wrong. There was a uh, there was a lawyer uh, that uh, at one point told uh, said to me um, and did it in a you know half joking kind of way. He was a Democrat, and he said uh, something about oh don't you have your uh, don't you have a Klan meeting to go to or something? And I said uh, no, that's your party. <laughs> I said I'm a libertarian. <laughs> like the, the yeah. things right the assumptions that they make. This to know that though right right precisely george i appreciate the call buddy have a great weekend thanks pete Love hi man yeah, yeah, thank you uh, appreciate it um back to this page Maston piece at uh, the mcclatchy papers this is in both papers uh, the news and observer and the charlotte observer maybe even a third one that they own in the state she says uh, that her experience you know learning that communism is bad but not understanding w what it is <laughs> or why, I guess. Like she says, this isn't, it, this experience is not unique to me, but it must not be good enough for Robinson and Republicans in other states. You are correct, Paige. Yes, you are correct. It is not good enough. It's not good enough for you just to know it's bad. You need to know why it's bad. Why? Because 
when people start promoting ideas that are communist, you need to see it. You need to understand what it is. If you don't understand what it is, you don't know what you're looking at. And as one who is a participant in the culture wars and you write opinion articles, you need to understand this pretty important philosophy that has led to the deaths of over 100 million people. She says, Florida now has a law designated November 7th as Victims of Communism Day and requiring students to receive lessons about the evils of communism. Again, she makes Robinson's point here. She like so we shouldn't have this day? We should. We absolutely should have this day to memorialize all of the people killed by this evil ideology and to know what the ideology is about so we may snuff it out once and for all on the ash heap of history. Oh, hey, real quick, before I forget, Carolina Readiness Supply is prepping for its annual Heritage Life Skills event. It's coming up in July, and you can learn how to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, canning, water storage, radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables, all sorts of stuff. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. That's carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? All right, so the um, this uh, article by Paige Mastin, uh, it's it's keying on uh, on a comment that Mark Robinson was discussing when he was at the Moms for Liberty conference up in Virginia. And there's one other part here. Well, okay, maybe not. there's because there's just so much ridiculousness in this thing, uh, in this piece that she wrote. I didn't. I was not planning to spend this amount of time on it, but my goodness, she she talks about how this Moms for Liberty chapter got backlash for quoting Hitler in a newsletter. And Robinson claimed it was no different than quoting Hitler in a history book. But history books put the quotes in context, and the newsletter did not. It quoted Hitler talking about owning the youth as if it were words of inspiration from Mother Teresa. This is astounding in its stupidity. If I take a quote from Mother Teresa, and put it on the cover of my newsletter. Do I need to provide context to a quote from Mother Teresa? No. Why? I just say, you know, here's the quote, the inspirational quote or whatever it is, and says, you know, dash Mother Teresa. You see who said that, and you know something about that person, right? Because... Of the work that she did, the life that she led, she is a historical figure. People know her as good, right? So when you read a quote of hers, (laughs) then you don't need somebody to say, well, you know what she's talking about here is Mother Teresa, you know, know, uh, 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 dedicated her life to helping the poor and the lepers and all this. Everybody knows that she's a, quote, good person. It's like Gandhi. You got a quote of Gandhi someplace, and it's like, oh, that's Gandhi. Right? People just know, oh, that's Gandhi. It's like the founding fathers. It, their reputations precede them. You don't need to put it in context. And the same is true for Hitler. For the love of me. What is, like, my gosh. You just put Hitler's name on the, after the dash and everybody knows, oh, that's the evil guy. 
Oh, what's he saying about owning the youth? My goodness, wow, that's, that's not good. The idea that you have to contextualize Hitler in the newsletter, this is, this is a level, it is, this is a level of dumbassery that we haven't seen in quite a while. Warning, you're in the zone of dumbassery. You're fully in it. Fully in it. Right? He, he has literally said, teach it all. This is her other thing. She's like, oh, I don't understand. You know, he's the uh, biggest problem with his, his speech is it's hypocrisy. They're all about the hypocrisy charge. It carries no purchase any longer, Paige. Everyone's a hypocrite in politics. So first off, second of all, it's not even true in this case. She says it's particularly ironic that Robinson so firmly believes in teaching students about the dirty and despicable moments in world history. Yet he wants to shield them from the ugly parts of America's past. No, he literally says, teach the good and the bad. Literally makes the argument. This was made over and over. They repeated the same thing over and over and over again. The only people who do not understand the words that are coming out of his mouth is apparently you. These lefties. I don't understand it. Are you willfully obtuse here? Or do you just not listen to what he's saying when he says these things? He said, teach it all. What they object to is the critical race pedagogy. And if you don't know what that is, that's on you, Wordsmith. That's not on him. She says, Robinson doesn't want students learning too much about race and racism. That's not true. But how can you teach about Nazism without discussing the fact that it promoted a certain racial hierarchy and people were killed because of it? You can't. You should teach that. Nor do Robinson and other Republicans like when students learn that racism and discrimination still exist in modern society. No, we don't. No, we don't. Like, do you really not understand? I, like, at this point, I'm wondering, this is, this is a bit. This has got to be a bit, <laughs> right? This is... There's no way you are this uninformed of your opponent's position. There's no way. So this has just got to be deception. Right? Or are you just writing this because you know the audience just just laps it up? Is that it? It's unbelievable. This is Mott and Bailey, by the way. This is the Mott and Bailey technique, once again. It's what leftists use. All the time on this stuff. Martin Bailey is a debate technique where you make these, uh, you know, the, the Mott is the uh, fortified position. That's the tower, right, uh, in the old medieval layouts. Where you, and then the Bailey is down below where you got the, the farmland and stuff. It's less defensible, right? And that's sort of your outrageous position. That's when you say stupid stuff, right, you're in, where you're like, um, all white people are oppressors. And then when challenged on that battlefield on the Bailey, then you retreat back to the Mott and you're like, I'm just saying we should teach all of the history. And then the, your opponents are like, well, yes, I agree with that. We should teach all of the history. So then the fight is over. They go away. And then you come down out of the Mott. You walk out onto the Bailey again. And you're like, oh, white people are oppressors. And like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then there's another fight. This is, this is the technique. This is what she's doing in this piece over and over and over again. There is, um, I'm probably not going to have time to go in. Well, I'll try to get through all of it, all the highlights. From uh, the free press, thefp.com, piece by Robert Pondiscio, a senior fellow at American Enterprise Institute, the author of How the Other Half Learns. He's got a piece at the free press called Who's Afraid of Moms for Liberty? 
He said they didn't even exist three years ago. The animating idea that has galvanized these women is that parents, not the government, should be in charge of how their children are raised and educated. That's it. We do not co-parent with the state. That's their slogan, right? If you want to understand why these politicians have come to their this conference to speak to these Moms for Liberty chapters that had, that, that had gathered recently, he says, if you want to understand it, you got to go to the breakout sessions. Away from the cameras, where hour after hour, Moms for Liberty chapter leaders and foot soldiers learn how to run for school boards, and then if they win, how to advance their agenda, even with they're in the minority. There are talks on messaging strategies, mining school board minutes for signs of woke indoctrination. There are workshops on how to file public records requests and how to navigate the legal system. They aren't messing around. More than half of the 500 candidates Moms for Liberty endorsed for local school board elections last year won their races. School choice moms provided the margin of victory in DeSantis's first run for Florida governor in 2018. Democrat Terry McAuliffe leading the race in Virginia for governor in 2021 before he made that remark at, um, at the debate where he said, I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach, handing the win to Glenn Youngkin. Moms for Liberty is the beating heart of this country's movement of angry parents, and American education has never seen anything quite like it. Launched during the pandemic with frustration about masking rules, right? It has been a juggernaut. With the government, has found an enormous and growing audience. It's got more than 120,000 members, 300 chapters in 45 states. Moms for Liberty is already the most consequential education advocacy organization since Teach for America, but with none of the halo effect that inspired a generation of elite college grads to put off law school and Wall Street to go teach in inner cities. Moms for Liberty is Teach for America's dark opposite number. They, they won't be talked about, uh, sorry, they won't be talked out of their conviction that malign forces in public schools like gender ideology, critical race theory, Marxism, anti-Americanism, that these forces have come for their kids and they are having exactly none of it. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Bob says, if you haven't done so, Pete, I highly recommend you see the Matt Walsh documentary, What is a Woman? It's available. For, I have seen it. I did. It's in various places. YouTube, uh, Twitter ran it as well. They released it on uh, the one-year anniversary. Um, it is thought-provoking and presents more than one side. It could be good for some audio bites for your discussion today. Um well, I think I've done. I think I've pulled some of the quotes over. I mean, it's been out for over a year now, um, and I've pulled. I've used quotes from it. Uh, you know, I've quoted Matt Walsh as well. It was a very well done documentary. And the if you haven't seen the um, the one year anniversary special, basically where they they bring the people back and they kind of get an update where people have been and what's new and all that. It's that's really interesting too. Um, sure, I'll talk to Jack before we uh, coast out of here. Hello, Jack. Welcome to the show. Hey, Pete, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm fantastic. How are you? Hey, I was in my car listening, man. I guess I've got a question here. Why does every discussion we have about a social issue, how do, why does it always turn into a racial discussion? I mean, it seems like at the end of all these conversations, we end up, you know, talking about it if it's a black versus white issue. And that's not always the case. It's just a discussion. And then we end up using the word CRT, I guarantee you, Pete, most people, if their life depended on it, couldn't define CRT. Mm -hmm. You have no idea what we're talking about. Can you define it? 
And what, I, I can't. I can't. I'll be honest with you. Okay, and, I can. And, but when I but when I look at history, mm-hmm. the way I look at history, it's, it's it's probably a simple thing. But I believe if it happened, it's history. Mm-hmm. If it happened, it is, it's mm-hmm. history. So we we got to get we we got to get away from all these racial discussions, man. Whoa, 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 stop, stop. We got to get away from racial discussions. You say in the very next breath after you just uttered the, the the sentence that we have to teach all of the history. How do you get away from racial discussions? I didn't say that we have to teach it. I, I, I didn't say we have to teach it. I said the way I look at history. I said if it happened, that makes it history. I didn't say we had to teach it. I so we shouldn't that. teach. We shouldn't teach about racism. Oh yes. Okay. But 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 but, but I said there's an obsession with it where every discussion that we have regarding an issue, a social issue, it doesn't matter what type of social issue, it tends to turn into a racial discussion. So, all right, so why, why do you a think... These, a lot of these conversations shouldn't be racial Why do you think that is? I think we're obsessed with race. Why? I told you about this before. Why? We have this obsession with race in this country. Why? We're in the back of our, back of our mind, we're always thinking about race. Why? I don't. I don't have all the answers, Pete. I'm, tr- I'm, I'm not asking for all of them. I'm just asking for one. Why do you think that there's so much focus on race? I think it has to do with the history of this country, and the, and the and the issue of slavery still hangs over us, and we we just can't get away from it, man. Right. I would submit, Jack. It. I would submit that that is that you. I believe you are correct in those two uh, points, but I would also submit that there are people that profit from that division. You're absolutely right. I'm, 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 I agree with you wholeheartedly there, man. Mm-hmm. And, and on both sides. And another thing I was going to mention to you, you've, got, you've, you've gotten really hooked on this word leftist, man. Mm-hmm. You even called me a few weeks ago. I called in, and I remember I talked about a subject real briefly. It was a short call. And after the call, you described me as being a leftist. Pete, I have no idea what leftist means. I've never joined an organization uh, with uh, called leftist. I don't have a membership card. All I have is my opinions, man. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a leftist. I have no idea. How what do you know? Means. How you know you're not one if you don't know what it means? But, but, but what's the what's the what's the opposite of a leftist then? There are conservatives. There are liberals. There are leftists. So 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 what's the opposite of leftist? Why are you looking at it as a dual choice? There's more than one choice. I just gave uh, you three. But I said, but you don't. You just claimed you don't know what the term means. I'm going to have to let you go because I'm running out of time here, Jack. But I, you said you don't know what the word means, but you say you're not it. I'd say look it up first, because I use the words. I use the word intentionally, and I don't use the word interchangeably with liberals. All right. Have a great weekend, though. Two six packs of shiner, ninety nine cent butane lighter. Lucky strikes and a fifth of Patron Ice down that igloo cooler Take a gas at all to do her I can feel a good one coming on Throw in Ray Wiley Hubbard Sing along to Redneck Mother Any blues I had before are gone the working week is over No chance of staying sober I can feel a good one coming on
did you hear this story? It's outrage in Italy where a janitor apparently groped a, a student, a 17-year-old. The guy's 66. And they're like, well, it was only less than 10 seconds. So he got off. Three blondes in a ragtop Mustang Followed us down to the lake And didn't have to think about that too long Skinny dipping in the bright moonlight Situation couldn't be more right I can feel a good one coming on Yeah, we So, of course, it prompts this outrage. People record, like, just how long 10 seconds is. It's completely unacceptable. It's an asinine ruling. I mean, we have a five-second rule for food on the floor. How do you get twice as long to grope in Italian? I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. All right. Have a good weekend. I'll see you on Monday. Don't break anything while I'm gone. Yeah, we gonna-